Hey, it's Melaine Lee, and you found your way to the Divine Goddess Revolution podcast. This podcast is no ordinary podcast. It is for women looking to thrive, not just survive. It's for women looking to learn how to really unlock and unleash that divine light within so that they can rock their inner goddess on a daily basis. The experts will be featured from all over the world, supporting you in becoming that badass divine goddess that you were born to be. This episode is the first episode of the Divine Goddess Revolution. Now, you'll hear me in the intro likely say the Goddess Revolution. And as I said last minute before I created this podcast and I had already done a few interviews, I decided to change the name of the podcast and add Divine. Because the truth is, guys, that there was already someone that had this name. But the other thing is that it was just an opportunity for me to really reflect and go, oh, wait, time out. I need to add divine into this because all the work I do is super spiritual, super connected to spirit and the universe and the oneness that exists in our planet. And so, yeah, like, hello, add divine, Melaine. What a sign from the universe. And the other thing is that all of these episodes are going to help you in tapping into your inner divine, tapping into how you can rock your goddess. But today is a little bit of a special edition episode because I interviewed Denise Duffield Thomas. I absolutely adore. And she's a money coach. She's been around for a a long time doing this transformational work. And she's epic. She has a brand, which is Lucky Bitch. And so I really wanted to know about how do we navigate through money blocks? How do we navigate relationships when it comes to money? How do we just have a good relationship with money? Now, I happen to be a wealth and luxury mindset coach. So money's my jam. But I know it's not for everyone. And I know Denise has a lot of really good tools and tips to support women on navigating this. So I really honed in on that. And the other thing is that I honed in on what does it really mean to be a lucky bitch? What's that all about? So we had so much fun. P.S. Denise was doing this interview while she was sitting in her closet in her house. If that's not commitment and dedication, I don't know what is. And there was apparently a lawnmower outside of her house. So she had to make sure that, you know, that we couldn't hear it in the background noise. So she kept herself in a closet. And we laughed so hard before starting this because I just thought that that was so funny and just so admirable. Like that she didn't even cancel. I would have been like, uh, my lawnmower outside is really loud. We're going to have to redo this interview. Not Denise. So I hope you'll love her as much as I do. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the start of the podcast, episode one. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Goddess Revolution podcast. I am your host, Melaine Lee, lifestyle architect, wealth, and luxury mindset coach. And I'm so excited about this episode because it is a special edition episode featuring someone that I currently just adore and love. I'm like, I was just telling her before this show, this episode even recorded that I am like currently stalking her on social media and I know exactly all her moves. Well, at least whatever she posts on social media. 
But this is a special edition, and we're really going to be finding out how to be a lucky bitch and what that entails and how to break through those money barriers or blocks that you might be having that are stopping you from really thriving and not just surviving. And so our guest today, Denise Duffield-Thomas, is a money mindset mentor for the new wave of online female entrepreneurs. Her best-selling book, Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch, give a fresh and funny roadmap to create an outrageously successful life and business. Denise helps women release their fear of money, set premium prices for their services, and take control over their finances. Denise is an award-winning speaker, author, and entrepreneur who helps women transform their economy-class money mindset into a first-class life. And without further ado, welcome to this episode, Denise. Why, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) It's so great to have you here. And and I'm really excited to learn more about, you know, how to really step into being a lucky bitch. And I heard your story a couple of times because I've listened into some podcasts that you've been featured on. But I'd love for you to share with the ladies about why lucky bitch, like where this brand name came about, because I think it's pretty cool on how this all transformed. Sure. So, I mean, I've been someone who's been a serial entrepreneur my whole life, but I really kind of struggled to one, make a living out of being an entrepreneur and, and also just making money in general. I was actually really terrible at making money, even in my corporate life. And um, I always felt like the only way you could make more money was to have more jobs or to work more hours. And it wasn't until I started realizing that all the personal development work that I'd been doing my whole life, all the books, seminars, all that kind of stuff, kind of meant nothing if you couldn't then translate that into making money to support yourself and to support your dreams. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such a positive person. Why isn't this happening for me? Or, you know, I just walked on hot coals at Tony Robbins. Like, why do I still (laughs) feel... Why do I still feel like such a loser? Like, why can't I make any money? And so I decided to go on this exploration of how do you use all that personal development stuff, but for money, because sometimes the personal development world almost is still sometimes is a bit like money is a dirty word. Mm. It's like, do it for your own sake. Don't do it for, you know, don't do it for money's sake. Just do it to help people. Don't do it for money. And it's almost this underlying feeling that it's one or the other that you can't love what you do and make great money. You can't help people and make great money. You can't be, even sometimes the message is you can't be a good person and make lots of money. So I went on this um, exploration, but when I started becoming quote unquote luckier, which of course I knew that it wasn't luck, I was doing a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes to manifest some cool stuff. But from the outside, my friends were just like, oh, you're so lucky. You're such a lucky bitch. And I would say, no, no, like I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been doing lots of forgiveness work. I mean, and they're like, (laughs) no, 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 you're just lucky. And so when I created my company, I was like, well, I have to call it lucky bitch. (laughs) It's just too funny because that's exactly what will happen. And, you know, people know this who have created any success in their life. If you've got a great marriage, people go, oh, well, you're so lucky. You just have a great marriage. Or if you've always been you know, quite fit. People go, oh, well, you're just so lucky. Um, and it's like, no, I go to the gym every day or I eat healthily. Mm. So everyone knows what they're doing to create amazing things in their life. But from the outside, it can often look like luck. Mm. So what I kind of do now, I, I, I just like to, I guess, show women 
the inside track of what it takes to create this luck in your life and turn yourself into a lucky bitch as well. (laughs) I love it. No, I think it's such a, it's beautiful because I I agree with you on the outside looking in people, you know, I'm in this relationship and people are like, oh my God, you have a soulmate. That's so amazing. It's so, or, you know, oh my God, you have this online business and you're doing so well. And it's like, yeah. And there was a lot of behind the scenes work, like you said, to really quote unquote, create this luckiness that you see on the outside. And so I love that you give women the tools to actually become quote unquote lucky, but really there's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes. And what would you say are some, if women are kind of waking up to this awareness, like, okay, I really want to up-level my game and by the way, I think money and relationships are so, like love relationships, food relationship. It's so all so heavily tied together. But what would you say are some easy steps for women to start getting anchored into changing their mindset around wealth and changing their mindset around money and supporting them in having money flow to them as opposed to it being this hard struggle? I'm always stuck and I don't make enough. Yeah. Well, first of all, what you just said then about relationships, health, all that kind of stuff, it really is a lot of the same same stuff. I actually even wrote a Manifesting Your Soulmate book a couple of years ago because it was the same stuff as money. And I called it Get Hitched, Lucky Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I totally finished it, everything. And I just went, oh my God, no, I need to focus and, and double down on money. And other people can teach the other stuff. But I always say to to girls in my boot camp, if someone says, Hey guys, I need, you know, the equivalent of Denise for manifesting XYZ, I just said, I'll just go through the boot camp, the money boot camp, and just pretend I'm saying health or relationships or soulmate or something, because it really is the same stuff. And the process that that I teach people is first of all, you've got to get rid of all your obstacles. And usually for most people it's mental and emotional obstacles to getting what you want. And a great place to start that's very practical is to sit down and do an inventory on everything you remember about money growing up. This is like what your parents told you about money, any incidences around money, any memories that you have, even good or bad, you know, especially the traumatic ones are going to be helpful. Any resentments that you had around money. And I'll give you a couple of examples of things that have um, shaped the lives of some of the women that I see in my boot camp. One is divorce and how your parents were around money, around divorce. I've heard from women who have been so traumatized by how their parents split up and talked about child support and all that kind of stuff that they've created now this story that they're not worthy of money because they heard, you know, maybe their dad say, well, I'm not going to give you any more money to the mom. And little things like that can shape your whole money destiny if you don't really let it go and, and, and do some forgiveness work around it. It could be even something as simple as how your parents spoke about rich people or about money. So you might have heard your parents say, oh, well, you know, rich people are greedy and horrible. Or you might have heard your parents say you don't get something for nothing. You have to work really, really hard to make money. And that's true whether you grew up rich or poor, by the way, or, or mm. middle class. You might have had it a parent who had to go out and physically work hard for their for their money with their hands and with you know the sweat of their back. But you equally might have had a parent who had a very high powered corporate job and they've taught you that lesson. So that manifests as an adult in 
working really hard, reinventing the wheel all the time, refusing to outsource and delegate, making things way harder than they need to be. Mm. So that's why it's so important to go back and excavate. excavate? I usually yes. make my own words up, so go with, I'll go with it. But I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yes. <laughs> clean up. Go back and, yeah, clean up and, and work out what those things are. When I was doing this work for myself, I remembered this family motto that we used to always say in my family, and it was, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. And mm. I was living my life by that motto. I didn't realize that I was. Mm. So it's it's so important to go back. And the, practically, you could sit down and write a list. You know, that's the first exercise we do on the boot camp. And I give people lots of different prompts. But it's like, what do you remember about money? And then how is it affecting you today as an adult? And what stories, beliefs are you living as if they were true that could be you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old for some people. That's the first first thing to do because without that, you're just going to be constantly living that same script without even realizing it. So that awareness really is power. I always say that, yeah, awareness is such power because if you don't know, then you, what you don't know usually is running your life. So going back and identifying and becoming aware of these stories that you think that they're beliefs that have, you know, that you have, but they're actually taking full control of you. And so, yeah, I love this doing a clean out and an inventory of the past so that you can rewrite. I know for me, you know, even, even today, like when I have conversations and bless my parents, I absolutely adore and love them, but you know, I can see exactly where I picked up all my money stories um, amongst many other stories. And so being able to identify them and have that awareness gives me the power that, to then shift and, and choose something that empowers me in my life. So I love this yes. piece. Absolutely. And you know what? That work never stops. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to hear that. This money mindset work is ongoing forever. Mm. And you don't get to a, a point, you know, I think of my business, it's like, you know, we have a seven-figure almost multi-million dollar business and I'm still I'm still a student of money mindset you don't get to a place well I haven't seen it yet where you're like oh I'm so perfect around money I never have to do this again and because you'll find new angles of old money blocks you'll find new things that trigger you you'll get to a new level of wealth and then there's new stuff to deal with and perfect example my mum lives with us she's kind of semi-retired now and she kind of travels and then lives with us and even just the way my mom cooks has triggered so much money stuff for me. Because I remember as a kid, you know, she didn't have much money and she had to be so uh, frugal when she was shopping. And she hasn't let that habit go. And occasionally she'll cook dinner and she'll come home from the shops and she'll have bought like one carrot, one onion, you know, like just the, the bare minimum of what she needs to cook that meal. And it reminds me of that, you know, of, of, of growing up like that. And so then I noticed that when I, cook, I go the opposite way. I completely over cater and I buy five times more than we need. So that was a really interesting aha for me recently. I was like, oh, there's a middle ground here. Like I don't have to overcompensate for for that anymore. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's important for people to hear that even at seven figures, you know, as you're going to multiple millions and, and as you're expanding and growing your empire, that the work never stops. And I always say to my clients, Denise, like, you know, Barack Obama, Oprah, all these like famous people. It's not like they're exempt from fear or worry or different obstacles that come their way. They just have interacted with it so much that they have the tools to go back and say, all right, let me use this tool again and, and work through this. You know, they know 
what to do because they've experienced it before and they're just reusing those tools on a different level. And you, I love how you talked about the different angles that you start to see the the fears creeping in. And I remember I was like, when I got into my relationship with my partner over a year ago, I'm like, oh, this is so fabulous. This is going to be great. And all these new things just, you know, came flying up, especially around money and, and navigating partnership with money and these different ideals that I had. And yeah, so the work never stops for sure. No, it really doesn't. I, I see that with a lot of my friends um, who have got successful businesses as well. The reason why they got there is because they have this mindset of always growing, always learning. So it sh- that's what you also need to do to maintain it. But I would say the first, like when you first discover this money work, that's the hardest bit because you've got so much to uncover. You've got, it's all new. It's very scary. And then you kind of go into maintenance mode, you know? So now seeing something like that, it doesn't trigger me to a point where I get paralyzed to work in my business anymore, but I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Cool. I've got the tools to deal with that and and not let it kind of derail me. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Like maintenance, just like this weekend when I was out in the back weeding my garden, I don't know how these weeds grow so fast, but yeah, it's like constantly weeding that money mindset. So you get the tools and I agree with you. The first step is that awareness, getting the new tools and then constantly growing and weeding and, and keeping maintaining so that you can receive larger amounts of abundance. A question for you, when it comes to like, relationship. I don't know if you ever got this question, but when it comes to like relationship and navigating the money conversation, what are some tips or tools or secrets that you have for women to really support them in navigating a healthy relationship around money? Because I know that that can be, do you get separate checking accounts? Do you keep your money together? Do you have money conversations? How do you healthily grow around that? And what if you're a woman that makes more money than your guy. Yeah. Wow. This is a juicy conversation for me right now <laughs> because, you know, I'm right in the thick of like my, my hubby quit his job about a year ago and it, he was working on his own stuff and it took a couple of conversations from men in our lives, i.e. our financial advisor, our accountant, who sort of said to Mark, hey, look, you're doing great in your new business, but like, why don't you use some of your skills in Denise's business? Because that is super growing. Mm. And and so we're like right in the thick of storming <laughs> in, in working together. And I'm having to do a lot of work on myself at the moment because there's some ego stuff there, you know, of like, oh, well, you're coming into my business that I've been working hard on for six years. And, you know, this is my business and the way I do it. And it's really, really tricky. And then Money-wise, I don't think there's a right or wrong around like, you know, separate checking accounts or whatever. I think you've just got to find what works for you and is, is healthy for you. But, you know, there's a big ego thing for me too of, of like, well, you know what? This is the money that I earn in my business. And it's tricky. There's new stuff that we're learning about it, about, hey, this is our success, our family business. And even um, a little bit of an ego for me, I realized I didn't even want to tell people that Mark is working in my business because I thought, oh, people are going to think, oh, well, you're such a lucky bitch, you know. Mm. Um, of course, your business is successful. Your your husband's in it. And I, you know, it makes me think, no, I created this. You know, mm. I created this myself. But the other thing is there's this thing that women have around cheating. We feel like, oh, maybe we don't deserve our success if it's easy or if it comes easily to us or 
we outsource or something. So I, I've realized that recently. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm cheating if I've got someone in my business like my hubby helping me out. I feel like maybe people will think I don't deserve my success. It's It's been such an interesting learning and growth period for us trying to do this. And we're not we're not out of it yet. We're still very much in like, how is this going to work together? Mm. And yeah, it's interesting. But I would say at the start, and I have a module about this in the boot camp because it was coming up so much where people would say, I'm trying to do this work for myself, but my hubby is really negative. Like, what do I do? And what I usually say to people is, first of all, you've got to stay in your own lane and you've got to focus on your own money stuff first, because it's really tempting when you learn about money blocks to start diagnosing them in other people and ignoring what you're doing in your own world. I've done that myself when I've started a new diet. I start to be obsessed about what everyone else is eating and not not just focusing on my own plate. So um, that's a big tip is like you have to deal with your own money stuff because that's theirs and you can't let it affect you. You have to take responsibility for your own feeling. You can't blame them. You know, well, I can't do this because my hubby's got a bad money mindset. Like, sorry, this is your responsibility, not theirs. You can sit down and have a really frank conversation about it, which is what I did a couple of years ago. I was like, dude, I'm working on my money mindset and it really doesn't help when you say X, Y, Z. You can come at it from a curiosity angle, like, hey, babe, I'm, I'm working on my mindset stuff at the moment and I've discovered all this really interesting stuff about my childhood. Like, how did you grow up around money? You know, what did your parents talk to you about money? Like, come from that curiosity angle rather than like a blame mm. angle. Some people do, do the money work together. Some people, they sit down and they literally watch boot camp videos with their hubby. Other people, they just kind of give them the Cliff's Notes version of it. Some people go the really subtle route. Like I've got a, a money mantras a subliminal audio that I give out to my boot campers and they just play it around the house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I have like one of your mantras, Denise, that I picked up was it's my time and I'm ready to take the next step, which I just loved. And so I have a bunch of mantras yeah. around my house on like poster boards. So like my guy will open up the, you know, cupboard and he'll be like, it's my time and I'm ready to take the next step. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, that really does work. And that's mm. good if you've got someone who is a little bit resistant to it, they will pick it up and they'll pick up your energy and your way of being without, you know, you having to make them wrong for mm. it. And you know what? I do find that a certain percentage of women who start to do this work, like any personal transformational work, some people, they declutter their relationship or they start to realize that what they want for their life, that person's not going to go on the journey with them. And I, I don't say that to give people fear, but just if that's happened to anyone listening where they've started to really take a stand for something bigger in their life and they're wondering why their partner's not coming along with them, don't blame yourself. It's like, you know, you really got to ask yourself if that's the journey you want to go on, then it, that's okay. You know, mm. it's, it all happens for a reason. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause I think it's, you know, for me, and I love all of that, everything that you're talking about, Denise, cause I can relate to it too. I'm kind of in a similar journey to you. Um, my partner's not yet come on board, but I have a feeling that's going to occur. And so it's really just about, I have conversations with him. It's being curious, being open, inviting, giving an opportunity to join me in something, join me in a conversation, join me in an idea as opposed to coming at him. But if he was unwilling to like jump into this opportunity and conversation and constantly was just a no to me, then I would be really clear while I love him, I love myself 
way more than having, you know, to compromise so much. So then it would just be an opportunity to look at, okay, is this the relationship that is best for my highest good right now, you know, moving forward and no like Absolutely. beat up around it. So yeah, I'm sure that there's some ladies listening in and it's like, yeah, it's okay. If they're not going to get on board and you've given it a lot of time, then maybe it's just reevaluating whether or not it's the partnership for you. Just like, I think just like with sisterhood and friendships, you know, I have experienced the same thing where people just aren't on the same page. You know, when I was in my twenties, I was like party girl on top of the bars, dancing, nightclubs. And I, when I left that lifestyle, a lot of people didn't want to leave it, you know, and didn't want to go down the healthy path. And that's okay. No beat up for them. It's just that I wasn't going to meet them at the bar anymore. Yeah. And I mean, that's that whole thing about for, for a season, Mm -hmm. some people in your life for a season or a reason. And I don't want to even, you know, pretend that I've got this perfect relationship because we've had those discussions throughout our marriage. We've been together since 2003. And there has been times where I've said, look, this is the vision I have for my life. And I'm not going to waver it because you don't want to go there. So it's kind of like, well, you're either kind of on the train with me or you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it sounds really harsh, but, you know, and we even had this discussion almost about a year ago when I said, dude, you got to quit your job. Like, this is not cool for you to have a job anymore. It sounds really funny, but I said, from the day we've gotten together, we've talked about creating this life of freedom, adventure, and abundance. Mm-hmm. And when I started my business, he said, oh, what cool. When you make six figures, I'll quit my job. And then the uh, he just kept on giving me different goals. He'd be like, oh, no, maybe when you earn 200000 oh, okay, 300000 500000 oh, okay, when you make a million. And finally, I was like, dude, I've hit every goal that you've set me. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you know, like we've made over a million dollars profit. Like it's time for you to quit your job and he was so resistant and I had I again I had to have that conversation I said this is the vision I've I've had for my life it's never changed I've never lied to you about it and you've got to decide if that's the vision you want as well because if not this isn't going to work for me and I know it sounds so harsh to say that and people listening might be thinking oh god what a bitch but like a lucky one (laughs) yes but it's like you've got to you know is it that important to you Mm. or not you know and like you can't compromise. Yeah, you can compromise on stuff, some stuff. That's what marriage is about, right? But for the overarching vision for your life, it's like if it's that important, then you've got to hold firm to that. No, I agree with you completely. I actually don't think, I didn't think, oh, what a bitch. I was thinking this girl is speaking my language. Like this is exactly, you know, and I'm having these kind of conversations currently because it's a, you know, we've been together for a year and we're talking about marriage and family and children and all these things. So it's really important. Like I'm constantly super laser clear on like, this is my vision. These are my goals. And these are the ways to come on board with me. And these are the ways to create with me. And these are the opportunities. And if you're not on board, like it's really okay, but then you're not my person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a hard, I mean, I think it's a hard conversation because I think that there's that fear of like, well, am I enough to have it all? Like, can I be wealthy and successful and have the relationship and have all this happiness coming at me? And I think that those things are possible, but don't live in fear of it not happening because then you'll just end up making decisions based out of those fears and Mm. you'll be, it'll be messy. Yes, it's so true. Mm. And you know, when you just said that, I was thinking, I hear from women who in their 
first year of business or they've not even made any money, they're worrying about things like that that haven't even happened yet. So mm. it's like don't don't sit there and think, oh, I I'm so stressed. Like what am, what's going to happen with my relationship when I'm wildly successful and a millionaire? And I'm always like, just get your first client. See if you like it. And, you know, <laughs> like just take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Like live in the moment. I think that that's the key too, is like being so present to the moment and being present to what you're creating currently and what's coming up for you currently and not worrying about like what money blocks will happen when I make a million, what money blocks will happen when I make 2 million, what blocks will come up with my relationship, you know, because when you get to that bridge, then you cross it and then you navigate it and then you, you know, hire Denise (laughs) to help you walk through your money blocks or whatever comes up for you. So no, I love it. And I, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I know that you're in a relationship and have a family and stuff. So I just thought it would be something really juicy to dive into because I hear a lot of the women that I work with and, you know, myself included that come up against these different financial things in a relationship. And I think that paradigm, Denise, of like the men, you know, back in the day, it was like the guy made the money and protected and saved and provided for the woman. And that paradigm is really shifting. I see it with so many of my friends that are business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, and myself included that they're the breadwinners. They're the one bringing in all the money. And that kicks up a whole new kind of money belief and block and and all that juiciness that starts to come up. It really does. And it's, it's fascinating. Even I've noticed recently I come home sometimes from my, well, when I say come home, I work upstairs <laughs> and I, I, cause I feel like, oh wow, I am the breadwinner. And I remember back with my grandpa, like he'd come home and he'd just sit and read the paper and like my dad would, would do everything and she would cook and clean all that kind of stuff. And I kind of have a new appreciation for that. I remember thinking, oh, what a dick, like, you know, but there is that feeling sometimes that I'm trying to work on in myself of like, hey, dudes, I'm the breadwinner here. You guys can like serve me. I know that sounds, it sounds kind of weird, but I'm like, I don't feel the need to like make dinner now because I've just gone and made the money. And so that's like a, you know, I guess that's that patriarchal thing that we've grown up with. And it's weird. It feels weird. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, oh, yeah. And I, something triggered me the other day because my mom said to a friend, she goes, oh, Denise does nothing around the house. She's like, she's <laughs> saying it to the to my friend of like, you know, isn't this funny? Yeah. And I, when I heard that, I just thought, yeah, I make all the like, who do you think pays for everything around here? You know, and it was just a real sense of like, wow, I actually feel compassion, I guess, for what men have gone through as well, like feeling that burden of being the breadwinner and feel it's yeah, it's fascinating stuff to me. And you know, there's there's always new things to uncover as you go through your money journey. Yeah. I'm like sitting over here just smiling and nodding my head, Denise, because I couldn't agree with you more. Like I literally, oh, I mean, we have a cleaner that comes and then my partner makes dinner, but yeah, in the same way. And someone said to me the other day, like, oh, one of his friends, we were at a party and he said something like, what are your wifely duties or what are your womanly (gasps) duties? And I was just like, I'm like, um, I do, I make everything. Like I make the shit happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's different for the guys too, you know, like they're trying to figure it out. You know, we're all trying to figure it out together. And I think the leadership call to action for us as women and men is normalizing wealth and normalizing living a rich life. And I'm not saying that just in monetary terms and to spread that, you know, to live it and to spread it and just try and figure it all out together because 
no one knows how to do it. I don't know about you, but like I never, I never had any role models in my life who no. had money, especially women, right? So we're learning it, yeah, and we're we're gonna screw it up. Um, but you know, and the next generation are watching how we're doing it, and you know, it's it's great. It's gonna be fun. It's, it is fun, but it's a journey. So I I just think the main lesson I want people to hear is like it's okay. You're enough. You know, don't beat yourself up. Like no one knows how to do this. You don't have to be perfect with it. And that's going to probably cure like 80% of your money stuff if you just give yourself a break and have compassion for yourself. Yeah. Amen to that. No, we, we haven't, I think for most of us women, and I'm, I'm generalizing, but I, I see it as a bitty, very big theme. We haven't had a lot of role models of women that have been wildly successful. Yes. Now there's a lot coming up and coming and a lot that are occurring, but you know, as children know. And so it's, we're creating this new paradigm. So it's having so much compassion and so much love for ourselves. And uh, I love everything that you've said today. And I know that you're also, aside from being a lucky bitch, you're a busy bitch. So I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> no, I'm not. I never, ever use, that's the B word that's banned in our house, by oh. the way. Not, not bitch, but busy. Good. Um, yeah. And people say this to me all the time. They're like, oh, you must be so busy. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm really not. Like, I actually am not. Mm. Um, I really try and outsource a lot of the stuff in my life. I, I try not to, to, when I say try not to, I'm, I don't want to make myself sound like I'm perfect with it because I'm not. I really try not to do things that I don't like. I try not to get obligated to things that I don't like. I really try and live in my zone of genius and delegate and outsource the rest. So, um, yeah, life is really, it's not busy. Yeah. It's really not. <laughs> I, I love you even more. I mean, you know what, Denise, you keep, you never seem to, uh, what is that word? Amaze me, I guess, in that I love that you just said that because I don't even know why I just said busy, but I like to really be careful around my wording of things. And I'll usually say like, even if it is a full week, I'll say it's abundantly full or it's, you yeah. know, there's a lot of blessings occurring this week. Cause I think that when we get caught up in the word busy or crazy or, oh, it's such a crazy day or it's such a, we start to really repeat that story and live it out. So, so thanks yeah. for that little side note. And uh, <laughs> I um, only use it ever as an excuse to, to if I don't want to do something. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so busy. I'm really sorry. Too busy right now. But it's not true. <laughs> so if you ever invite Denise to dinner and she tells you she's busy, she's lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm just, it's an introvert excuse. Handy introvert excuse. <laughs> uh, well, um, before you go, I just want to ask you two quick things that I've been asking all the, the ladies on the episodes is, number one, what is your favorite like spiritual woo-woo item or thing that you like to do that just kind of like allows you to channel your inner goddess? Well, I have a few, but this is a new one for me. Like This whole goddess conversation is very new for me recently. And I found out that goddess Fortuna is featured very prominently in my astrological chart which I think is perfect. And I, I recently had a, a astro session and she said, you're just meant to talk, talk to women about money. Like that's in your chart. Mm. So I bought a goddess Fortuna statue. Uh, she's about three foot tall and she sits at my front door and I bring her flowers whenever I leave the house, which is probably every three days <laughs> I actually leave the house. <laughs> but um, when I go and I bring her flowers and I just, um, you know, I just say thank you. And I did have like a 30 centimeter kind of tall mini goddess fortuna statue. And I've given her now to my three-year-old daughter. And before we go to bed, we say thank you for the abundance. 
and yeah just I'm I'm learning about being a goddess you know and 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 the goddess stuff and when I got that astro chart done and she said start a relationship with goddess fortuna and I'm like I don't know what that looks like but I'm you know I'm willing to try and I don't know what that means from a practical Virgo sense but I'm willing to explore it and so that's my newest one just bringing her gifts I absolutely love that. It reminds me of when I was in um, Bali and they always had like those blessings and offerings that they put outside of their door. And like you see them as you're walking around everywhere. That's so awesome. And I also love that you include your children in this because I think that that's so important for mothers to really, while we're doing this work and, you know, expanding and growing our lives, that we're also doing it with our children and inviting them into this because they're watching us. They pick up everything that we do. So I love that you do that with your daughter as well. Yeah. Well, I'm really passionate about, I I don't think it's about what we do with our kids necessarily. Like, I don't think you have to be super stressed about, oh my God, I need to like sit down and talk to them about money Mm. every day because they're just watching how we are and how we talk about money. So we don't have to do anything besides work on ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And if that's all we do, that will be enough. And then if you've got extra energy to do some fun stuff with them, that's cool, but that's not going to be as impactful as as you doing it yourself. Right. How you show up. Absolutely. 100%. And lastly, what is your Game Changer book that really supported you on your spiritual expansion journey? The Game Changer book for me was Louise Hay's book, which is... Heal Your Life? Heal Your Life. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read it probably about 15 years ago and it was such a game changer for me because I realized that everything that I was blocking, it was coming from a place of not loving myself enough. I wasn't giving myself permission to have a beautiful life and to accept and receive things because I was constantly in a place of I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm you know, all that stuff. So I actually, the seek, here's the secret I want people to hear. I teach money. In my money boot camp, we've got something like 20 lessons and they're all coming at it from different angle. But the underlying message in everything I do is you are enough um, and, and love yourself. I just pretend that I'm talking about money <laughs> <laughs> because we think that's the problem. Like we're like, oh no, tell me how I deal with my money and tell me how I need to find a soulmate. But it all comes down to self-love and acceptance. Mm. And if you can nail that, everything else is just like, ticking off a to-do list, basically. Um, It makes everything so much easier if you can just focus on deeply and completely loving and accepting yourself. Yeah. Amen to that. I'm not even going to add to it. And I love that book as well. It's a great book. Mm. Uh, Denise, well, thank you so much for taking time out today and sharing all of your amazing wisdom and insight on money, finance, relationships, just simply being enough. (laughs) Yes. I really appreciate you taking time today. And, and I'm excited for all the ladies that are listening to take home some stuff that will support them in changing their lives. Yes. Thank you so much. And if there are any mums listening, I actually do um, I give a free workshop about kids and money if anyone's interested. And you can get that at luckybitch.com slash kids. So uh, that's an area of life I'm really passionate about. So it was um, just a way of giving back to mums. All the ladies listening in, I'll have all of Denise's information, her website, and all of this different stuff that we talked about today, the books and everything in the show notes. So just hop over there so that way you can find Denise. And I encourage you to 
take her boot camp, read her books. I mine are on their way, Amazon Prime. So a couple of days they should be here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. And uh thank you so much again, Denise. I so appreciate you taking time out today. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed recording it for you guys. I love you all so much. Remember to share with all of your sister goddesses and leave me some reviews, leave me some feedback. I love you. And I cannot wait to see you on episode two of this podcast. You are going to love the next person I have for you. And each of these podcast shows are just going to get juicier and juicier and juicier because each goddess that I have for you is just someone who is amazing and just a shining light in this world. So you're going to learn so much. Stay tuned and I love you. Bye for now.